who puts up with this? That's what I don't understand. Bring the lion out. Bring the, bring the lion. Um, tonight on our show, we're gonna have... Hey guys, don't you think it's kind of fun that you get to comment on the news? Yeah, there's a cost. Oh yeah, there's a cost. People come after you. Like, I think that's why this is so much fun is because... We'll see you at five. Actually, you will see me at five, but you're seeing me right now too because we have a special presentation to make for you. Bill London from KPNW uh, broke a story this morning and I was listening to it on the radio and I said, oh my God, you guys got to know what's going on because um, some, something's going to happen, but you need to know the backstory of what happened here. Our show sponsored tonight or today, I keep saying tonight, Bucks Sanitary Service because I mean, Bill only goes in a Bucks. When he sees it, he will cross his legs and run as far as he has to to get to a Bucks for a potty. Um, and I know that about him. And also Chris Dental, um, our dentist, and a guy who sponsors and supports our show. So we want your comments. We want to hear what you guys have to say about this. But let's bring Bill on. Hey, Bill, how you doing? Live with Bill. Oh, my God. This is so good. How you doing? You did your homework, man. You were uh, you, you, you got a you got a good story here. And I've noticed that it hasn't been in the, well, I don't read the guard, so I only know from you. It hasn't been in the register. It hasn't. I don't watch regular television news either, and it hasn't been on any of the teenage newscasts. <laughs> You're lifting my line. You're lifting my line. <laughs> stealing your lines. So, Bill, we have a little addition problem in the Kent, Lane County, amongst three members of the Lane County Board of Commissioners. They don't seem to be able to add, and so they made... Kind of a big snafu, didn't they? Cheaters yeah. never win. <laughs> okay, so let's, I, I'm going to go back and I'm going to kind of, uh, for folks that don't remember or hadn't heard the story, I'm just going to kind of do a little bit of a recap to get you caught up. Let me, and that, fast, Bill, let me do something. Yeah. You guys, those of you who are watching, share this right now on your page. Just put share on your page and it'll go to your page and other people will then see this, uh, what's going on here because people need to know what's happening. Okay, go ahead, Bill. Okay. So as you know, at the state level, uh, we had a special session to redo the congressional districts, the different House and Senate districts here in Oregon. And it's something that is done every 10 years when the U.S. Census, you know, releases the results of population growths within the state. And it's not just at a state level for congressional districts and, you know, the state house and state Senate districts, but it's also done at all levels of government, municipalities um, and also counties. And so after the state, did their redistricting, um, the counties generally do it following that. And normally it's done earlier because the census was delayed because of the Rona. Yeah. All right, so if you recall, December 1st was when the Board of Commissioners had a special meeting and talked about three different redistricting maps for the county. And the importance of those maps are because the county is divided up into five slices. Each one of those slices has its own county board member. So for instance, the West Lane is currently Jay Bozovich. The Springfield District is currently Joe Burney. East Lane is Heather Buck, et cetera. Right. And 
So there were three maps that the Board of Commissioners were looking at. Two of those maps were either co-written or completely written by a guy named Kevin Cornyn. Kevin Cornyn is a political consultant. Kevin Cornyn received between Joe Bernie and Heather Buck about $100,000 to help them get elected to the Board of Commissioners. So on the last campaign, he was paid, he was a paid consultant for those two candidates. Correct. And this as the well as being as well as being a union leader here in the county. And those lines were big, are now are being drawn, redrawn, that are going to affect both of those two candidates for this next election. Absolutely, particularly the Springfield district. All right. So there's kind of a so, conflict of interest right there. Is, right, but but according to the board, but but according to Joe Bernie and Heather Buck, there is no conflict of interest. I wonder what the public um, thinks of that. Hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway, again, we it, it, again, it wasn't reported um, in the RG, and I didn't see anything on either or any of the three TV news stations in our particular area. Just you anyway, and we, because of you, we right. had we all had it, but nobody right. else knew. So map J was the map that was adopted on December 1st. And that was one of Kevin Cornyn's little maps. Okay. So yesterday there was a very interesting uh, board of commissioners meeting and something interesting popped up. What happened was that the county charter is literally, if you will, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of simplify this. The county charter is sort of like the state constitution, only it involves the county. It is the main framework and law, if you will, that the county has to follow for a variety of different things. Well, Interestingly, laid out in the charter is a rule, a law, if you will, that says that when redistricting, those maps have to be adopted no less than six months prior to the next year's first election. Now, Next year's first election is happening on May 17th. The primary. The primary. And if you look at the calendar, you would find out that actually the maps should have been, to be legal, adopted on November 17th. Uh-huh. And so this came up at the board meeting yesterday and it caused a bit of a kerfuffle. And really the person that one would blame for this mistake would be the, the chair of the board currently, who is Joe, Joe Bernie. One of the Joe Bernie. lines were drawn by the consultant as we go back right. into this. Right, and Joe Bernie as the board chair is the one that sets the agenda. He's the one that lays out the timelines and guidelines 
for the way that the business is conducted within the county. Um, like, for instance, you know, he's the one that decides when that special board was put together that actually went through and looked at maps and looked at the redistricting and everything else. That was on him. And he sets the agenda for when the board meets on issues like this. So this came up during yesterday's board of commissioners meeting. And then the issue came up of whether it was going to be discussed in open session or executive session. And that's what, executive. You, played the, and that's what you played on the radio this morning. And what the general public doesn't understand probably is executive session is unreportable. Um, that stuff that's just it, reporters have to not say anything, keep their mouth shut. So it's, it's hidden from the public because, uh, you know, they have their reasons for certain cases. But that's what they were discussing is, is this a good candidate for executive session? Right. And that became a big deal. Um, you know, the, the question is and that was uh, asked and kind of debated is, does this fall under executive session? In executive session, the public doesn't get to see or hear anything that's discussed. Usually, it is done regarding, say, pending lawsuits, um, lawsuits that are being litigated against the county or that the county is involved in because they're, for instance, suing somebody else. Um, and since there were no lawsuits pending, nobody had claimed a tort. Nobody was saying, I'm taking you to court over these damn maps. Nobody said that, but the board decided to meet in executive session to discuss this major screw up. And the way that it falls out is if the decision is made and the board doesn't try to rejigger the deck chairs, essentially these maps that were adopted won't go until effect according to the charter and Oregon statute won't go until effect until after the general election in November of 2022. Okay, wait. So would they then, to make this right, they would have to um, make the old lines count for next year, which yeah. kind of, excuse my language, but well, I guess I shouldn't say that, kind of screws up the whole little redistricting formatted uh, fix it so it works for us kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, well, it totally screws it up. I and the I thing is, it, here's, here's the irony. Joe Bernie and Heather Buck, the people that paid Kevin Cornyn over $100,000 to run their campaigns, they're both up for re-election next year. Yeah. I mean, there's the irony. So they're going to have to run under, I mean, assuming that the board decides they're going to actually follow the charter and the law, they're going to have to run under the old maps that were adopted 10 years ago, not the new ones that actually help them. That's why Nicole says, that's why it's good to pay attention, hold them accountable. They acted like I was a fool for saying they could be used for COVID fraud, but they messed up and weren't supposed to tuck our tails and go away um, with this kind of corruption. Um, what, it, I, I, what I don't understand just for me, Bill, and this goes back to the previous story, 
how, who got to decide, was it the county commission vote to let Kevin on there when it's obviously an, an ethical weird? No. Okay, so like a lot of these boards, like for instance, uh, the budget committee or the redistricting committee, each one of the commissioners are allowed a certain amount of representatives um, from their area, their district, um, to be on these boards. They're appointed to them. So, so Joe, Joe and Heather picked him to be on the, to, to represent. Well, one, I'm not exactly sure which one of the two, but yeah, he was he was one of them that was chosen to be on. See, to me, I mean, I don't care. I don't have anything against Heather or Joe. I don't. It doesn't matter. You know, I mean, Heather's my representative for my area. That doesn't mean I like her or dislike her. It has nothing to do with that. But me, as a former reporter and a journalist, I the pub, the public should be outraged by that because. That's, I mean, that's like somebody who worked for you, got you elected, helped get you elected, and now they get, you put them on the committee to draw the new lines when you're going to run again. Now, the thing people should watch is if Kevin then works for those two again, especially if it's the person who put them on that thing, we got a big foul. That's a big issue to me, but it'll probably just get washed under the rug and nobody will say anything. Well, see, this is one of those stories where I always say the important stuff is in the weeds. Yeah. This is one of those weed stories. I mean, you got to wade through all of this really Byzantine legalese to get the, the actual gist of what's going on. And for most people, you start talking about redistricting and their eyes glaze over. Well, what do you mean? Well, you know, you have to keep people of, uh, you know, uh, like districts in the same thing. And there have to be, you know, the similarities and, you know, where they're actually located and where were houses built. And I mean, all this crap that they're supposed to use and people's eyes glaze over. And right. you can't blame them because, on, I mean, to sit and watch a board meeting online um, it's really cutting into a lot of people's drinking time doing that. Well, I'm, glad I'm glad you do. We used to have when I was in the business and you, you were back then too. Um, the register guard and every TV station, you were at the county commissioner board meeting on Wednesday. And a lot of us went to the Tuesday work session and the same with the city council. And I don't see that happening today. So these folks can just kind of that the, the gall. I mean, I mean, you're there to yeah. serve the public and and you're you're serving yourself and these people. Um, and, and people don't know, like for me, I, I never knew much about redistricting, even as a journalist, until I ran for secretary of state. And then you start realizing when people get so mad because we are so super majority right now, this has been yeah. going on since back with Bill Bradbury. When he was secretary of state, he started redrawing these lines to make to make not similar people like my district in, was. And I, I think it's better now, but my district was I'm not county commissioner, but my uh my uh, Senate district used to be Camp Creek, the Cresswell, all these rural areas. And then they tied us into South Eugene and University of Oregon. Now, what yeah. do those things have in common? Nothing. All it is to, to do is to water it down so that none of our votes count and only these count. And um, like you had an interview with Peter DeFazio with the new congressional districts. And what, what did what, tell people what came out of that? OK, so. Um... DeFazio, during his 
uh, press conference where he announced he wasn't running again, said that his district should now be firmly in Democratic hands since the legislature redrew the lines. It gave the Democrats a five to six point advantage in his district, which he said before was considered to be Republican. Now it should remain in Democratic hands for the extended future. It's like, dude, you may not have said that it was gerrymandered, but you just gave the definition of it. Right. And see, that's what I don't understand, Bill, is really, I, you know, I, I, whoever, if you have a fair fight, then whoever wins, wins. That's how I live my life. But when right. you stack the deck and what Oregonians have not paid attention to is the deck has been stacked for decades. It's not a secret. There's no, I, I'm not a lover of the Republican Party or the Democrat Party. But if you haven't had a Republican governor um, we just had a Republican secretary of state for the first time in, in 30 years, um, a few, you know, a, 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 the last election. Um, but you haven't had a governor or people in, in any of the executive offices really for so many years. You have to start looking and going, wait a minute, that that's not usually even nationwide. It goes one way and then it goes back the other direction. There's a shifting of tides. But in Oregon, because of gerrymandering, um, that it's this has been going on and it's it's part of a plan and i'm not a conspiracy theorist when i ran for office i figured it out real fast yeah uh i think cynthia was the one that just had a comment up there she said we need to hold these people accountable us citizens yeah us citizens need to hold those accountable that we elect well the way we hold them accountable is to not elect them when they run again. And right. we don't do that. No. We don't. No. I mean, it's it's almost one of those situations. I mean, I look at the same thing, whether you're talking about uh, congressional races to Congress or the Senate race. You know, these people have been in there, look at a Wyden or DeFazio, um, where they've been in there for decades and it's almost like people think, well, he may be a jerk, but he's my jerk. And so I, I'm going to I'm going to vote for him again. Um, we keep reelecting the same people over and over and over again. And expecting and different outcomes. And we don't get them. Right. You know, we think, oh, well, you know, uh, uh, Peter DeFazio. Yeah, well, he's been in there for a long time. He knows what he's doing. And they keep reelecting the same people over and over and over again. I mean, right. this is why there was such a movement until the courts put a quash on it for for uh, term limits. Yeah. I mean, it was a per I mean, you know, and it just continues to get worse. Um, and until people in mass start unelecting these people, you're going to get the same outcomes. And think, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, follow the money and look who's electing these people that are running state government. I mean, it's out of state money, a lot of it, and it's unions. And I'm not knocking unions. Unions right. have done a lot for American workers. No doubt about it. But they elect their candidates. You look at school boards, it is unions that are putting 
the teachers unions that are putting their candidates on the school boards. Yep. You look at it for the county. county who is supporting who is supporting Heather Buck? The unions. Joe Bernie was a union organizer. So follow the money. And a lot of this money is coming from unions and out of state. And if it's, people if, if you're okay with that, then vote for those people. But you you know, I think what's what I've noticed in Oregon, and I think COVID, the reaction to COVID is starting to change that a little bit, is um, we've put up with this. We just kind of, eh, we complain and bitch and groan, but we don't do anything productive to stop it. And so the same thing happens when I ran, you learned the game and you're like, oh my God, this is like such, this is, you know, I'd go to get funding from people like sources, you know, that we're going to fund your candidacy. And they'd say, this guy usually supports Republicans. So they'd give me 5,000. And then I'd find out when I looked in the secretary of states, you know, what, what money get was given away. The same person gave, gave 5,000 to Kate too. So that, I mean, and I was like, well, if you gave me t the 10, I could have had more money and I could have probably won. And everybody says you didn't won cause, win because you didn't have enough money. And it was like, you, you know, that's how this works. And until not only those businesses and sponsors, but the voters start looking at who they're voting for, following the money, like you said, paying attention to what these people do and what they know, what politicians know is how quickly we forget and forgive. And we need to stop forgetting. We can forgive them for their badness, but we don't have to forget just like a relationship. And it means I'm still not going to let you screw me again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And to start paying attention to this stuff because, you know, somebody's on here going like Ron Wyden's residency. Um, yeah. Hasn't lived in Oregon really for uh, you know a long time. Um, and, and yet people keep, you know, reelecting people um, when they're not even living here and understanding what we do. My late dad's generation is bad about reelection, the DeFazio, Oregon time to change um, complacency, and New York City. NYC, yeah, New York City. <laughs> well, Bill, it would be interesting. It would be interesting to look and see how much money actually comes from New York State into Oregon uh, and into political campaigns. Bloomberg, yeah. Michael, Michael Bloomberg is a huge uh, purveyor of money. Uh, not only directly to Oregon Democratic candidates, but also through, what is it, uh, uh, Every Town USA, which is a gun control rights group and a variety of other groups. Somebody, uh, uh, Longridge says Soros. Yeah, there is another one. Um, I was trying to remember this morning, there was another, I, I came across a story, and unfortunately, I'm just spacing it. Uh, another group out of New York that was spending a bunch of money in Oregon for another political candidate. I'll try to find that. Maybe I can do it at five. Um, but it's just it, it it never ends. You know, Bill, and what's so interesting is, too, when I ran um, uh, a guy named Lauren Parks, who's controversial in the Oregon world, he's out of state. Um, he's not didn't do anything illegal, but he gave me a big chunk of money at the very end of the race. And if you're so close to the end, you don't have to report it till after that, because I knew it would just cause a cluster screw. The OEA did the exact same thing to Kate. When it came out, they covered it on me and said not a word about what the OEA had done. And it was like, what what's that all about? 
And so why aren't they reporting? And, and the other thing I think is Oregonians should look at. So why do all these big donors give money for these very radical issues, gun control, all these different things, and they focus on Oregon? To me, what that what the first thing that comes to me is, oh, we're an easy target. Does that mean they don't think we think that we just were were so um, accepting and that, that we're going to jump on this stuff? Because it's always Oregon and Colorado. Um, well, is where they we're, so the idea is, if you're going to be conspiratorial about it, the, the first thing is you've got to normalize it and you've got to gain initial footholds like uh, Mia says there, all West Coast. You know, once you get a foothold, then you move out from that foothold. Once you normalize it in one place, then, yeah, Oregon is a testing ground. Good yep. point, Tom. And then you move out from there. So it's about normalization, gaining a foothold, and growing out from there. And Oregon because of the way that for whatever reason it's swung over the course and a lot of it is because Californians have come up to Oregon um, and we have the highest, you know, in-state migration and, or have uh, for quite a while. And, you know, they move here into Oregon and they're coming from some fairly liberal places. Oregon used to be, if you go back 30, 40 years, Oregon was what was considered to be a moderate Republican state. Yep. Um, and it started to change. And well, it's taken a while. When, when I did a, a, a documentary on Mark Hatfield, there was an interview we had that we pulled out of the old KZI files. <clears throat> and in it, he said, you know, back in uh, when he won the race to be a senator uh, after being a governor, um, he got the support of um, Wayne Morse, who was a Democrat. And go ahead and finish your story. So Wayne supported Mark Hatfield over the other Democrat candidate because Mark Hatfield was against the Vietnam War and so was he. And that's why he supported him. And Hatfield said, um, now that sounds to people today like, oh, well, of course you did a good thing. At that moment in time, 70% of Oregonians polled said they agreed with the Vietnam War. So Oregonians were much more forgiving and you didn't have to do, um, be right on target with that candidate. They could go, they could have their own mind. And he's Hatfield said, today, Rick, I don't think I could ever win an election because people are so partisan. And and the days of, of, of a, you know, Daniel Inouye, uh, and Hatfield yeah. used to trade whoever whoever was in charge, the Dems or the, or the Republicans, they would just switch the ch uh, chairmanships of the Ways and Means Committee. And and it never had it was always smooth because they were good friends. But you don't well, have that. Yeah. Now it's about literally virtue signaling and proving your dogma. And yeah. it's almost like there's a checklist, you know, on uh, uh, the right is uh, are you uh, pro-life? And if you're not pro-life, you're going to get killed in the primary. Right. You know, um, and on the left is, are you uh, a rabid environment? Do you believe in climate change? Do you believe in man-made climate change? That's like the first thing. Well, yes. Okay, we're good. Um, and they just go down that checklist. And if you don't get 
you know, the majority of those check boxes by your virtue signaling and your dogma check, well, then, sorry, you're out. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned about Wayne Morris. Most people don't remember that Wayne Morris was a Republican for a while, a Democrat for a while, and then he was an independent. Yep. I mean, he went back and forth depending on who pissed him off. Right. Interesting cat. If you did that today, everybody would call you fickle. They'd say you can't make up your mind. You're on the fence. You're, you know, the reason I didn't announce that I was running until the day before um, it was the day that you could no longer, no other candidate could run because at the time I was a Republican and I knew I was a horrible Republican and that that they would never elect me in a primary. And so they were stuck with me. <laughs> they had no choice. Nobody else stepped up. And that's the only reason I was able to win that primary because it was just me and nobody else up stepped up. But that's how Oregon, even that was like that. You know, I mean, it's just insanity. So, Bill, do you think that that because of the reaction to COVID by the state and that the legislature has been so freaking lame and not even standing up to Brown? And doing anything, not giving us a voice. Do you think something may change in the May and and, and the primary and the general election just here statewide? I mean, do you see anything like that? What are you thinking? Wow. Well, if anything is going to challenge orthodoxy, it's going to be this. Um, I mean, you look at, at Governor Kate Brown. She has the lowest approval rating of any governor... Uh, out of all 50 states, the legislature in Oregon has an even lower approval rating. Wasn't it like 17? I mean, it's really low. 24, 24%. So this this uh, group, DHM, uh, is a, uh, a polling firm here in Oregon. And they took a poll back in January of this year. And they asked the same questions again in late October. And it is amazing how much those numbers have changed, like the approval of Kate Brown, the approval of the legislature, how they felt the state was going. Um, I would be curious to see in the primaries whether we see a lot of new faces that pull some upsets. I'll be really curious to see whether Betsy Johnson is able to pull off a win or we end up getting a winner through simple plurality um you know with a with a split vote i'm it i I think part of it too also depends on who the republicans run um because betsy johnson is going to piss off a lot of far left democrats and so she's going to have to pull a pretty good segment or slice of the Republicans and a decent enough chunk of the Democrats to be able to pull it off. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting, but she's smart running as an independent. She doesn't have to spend any money in the primary. She's going to have a big fat war chest when it comes to the general election. She's already got the biggest one. And whilst while everybody else is spending to try to outspend each other in the primary, she's going to just be collecting more and more money. And and um, I, I think what's also going to be interesting is to me is are the Republicans, because I'm already seeing this, 
are you going to continue your same old story and your same old song? And well, she's not a Republican and I don't, you, Rick, they called me a rhino. Rick's a rhino. That means a Republican in name only. I had to find that out because I didn't know what it was. Um, but they it's continue to, to nitpick candidates to the point where, well, I used to go to these things and they'd say, people would ask me, so did you pay to run for office with gold coin? I'm going, what the fuck? They say, did you pay with gold coin? I said, I used my gold visa. And they say, the constitution says you're supposed to pay with gold coin. And I turned to them and I said, if that's your biggest issue, you are so irrelevant that you will never win an election. And that's my concern with the Republican party is they're so out of touch with what people really are doing. If you're gonna continue the same old song and dance about we need, this is what we need, anti this and this and this, instead of becoming, become a party of solutions in this state and join in with independents and moderates in this state and elect somebody, and you're not saying this bill, but I can, and I will, uh, elect somebody like Betsy Johnson because it's your only shot at having somebody who's gonna represent everybody because your, your party doesn't have any relevance and the Democrats have just taken over and it's time to get somebody in there that can do something. I mean, I think that it, and it, and that's with every candidate they have too, is, you know, so-and-so is not Republican enough or so-and-so, and they just have to change their, get a new story. My business coach told me that when I was, your, your worst asset in your business, Rick, is you. Get a new story. And that's what the Republican Party needs to do. Get, shut up and get a new story. Because <laughs> your old thing is not how about How about the Oregon Republican Party actually get a party. I mean, the, the Republican, no, the Republic, the Oregon Republican Party and its leadership. I mean, you look at what's gone on over the course of the last 20 years. What a freaking disaster. Right. And you get down to like county levels. Um, and it's this infighting and bickering. And, you know, it's like, how about a big picture? How about yeah. let's let's forget the personalities and let's stop being butt hurt because you didn't get a chairmanship position. And let's talk about what we can do to create a plan to come up with solutions and have a cogent frickin message and right. stop having these serial candidates, your Mark Callahan's and your Joe Ray Perkins that are perpetual losers that are never going to win an election. Once again, here's Joe Ray Perkins. What is she running for? She's running for the U.S. Senate against Merkley. Please, really? And here, are, are, Mia, I mean, Mia, are we going to have to go through that again? So, Mia, here's to this. When has an independent won a seat in Salem? Maybe this year. Those, and no offense to you, I'm not trying to pick on you, but those are the questions. It doesn't matter. Look at how many people are, are non-affiliated voters. That means they don't care about Democrats or Republicans, either one. And that's the most growing group of voters yeah. in Oregon right now is the is the not not the independent, because independent's a party, but the non-affiliated voters. And if you get somebody in there who really wants to lead Oregon, not just be governor for their party, um, I think you could see some change. But if we keep asking questions like that, in my opinion, and I'm not trying to pick on you, but those are the questions. When was the last time? Who the hell cares? When was the last time a Republican was elected to governor? When was the last time a candidate who gave a shit about Oregon was elected? I mean, you can ask a ton of questions, 
But why don't we ask questions like, who is the best leader no matter what party they're in? Who's talking about things that I care about? Who's talking about things at my community? Who's talking about the biggest issues in Oregon, according to the last poll that I heard on Bill London, is crime and Portland's bad reputation that's destroying the rest of the state. I'm looking for to move out of this state. I'm paying $4,600, which I'm not going to pay because I found somebody else, which is going to be a great story, but $4,600 just for a U-Haul to go to Montana because the U-Haul person told me no trucks are coming back. Everybody's leaving because of the mandates. And she says, we are so busy that, that and it was a month ago, it was 7,000. So it came down 3,000, but it's still $4,600. And she says, because people are leaving over the mandates. Who is gonna stand up and, 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 and fight for me and you who don't agree with the status quo? That's who I'm gonna vote for. And it doesn't matter if they're independent or a Democrat or a Republican, I don't give a shit. I want somebody who wants to listen to the people of Oregon. Ahead, so Bill. two things. One, I will confirm about the moving van thing. My brother, who had just a storage shed here locally um, and was he spent years overseas. Long story, won't go there. But he needed to move his stuff out of storage to go back to where Arkansas. And they were charging him an arm and a leg for basically a large utility van. Yeah. I mean, we're just talking about a big white van, you know, um, a, a fortune for it and trying to find it was almost impossible. The second point I want to make, so I'm confirming what Rick said. The second point I want to make is I have never seen anybody do this in a poll or crunch the research on it. You know, Part of the reason I believe that we have so many unaffiliated voters in Oregon is because of motor voter. Yep, you go is. in, you get a driver's license, whatever. Uh, okay, now we're registering you to vote. Uh, what party? You, yeah, uh, neither one. So they're unaffiliated. I would like to see how many unaffiliated voters actually vote right. in an election. I mean, are is it fool's gold to try and chase the unaffiliated if, by and large, they don't give two shits and don't vote? Yeah. Oh, did I say a bad word? Not on here. You can say whatever you want. Bad bill. <laughs> um, you know, are you wasting money trying to get them to vote? Or are the unaffiliated voters who are just disenfranchised? There's a difference. There is the, I don't give a crap. I don't care. I don't pay attention. I'm not voting. And then there's the others that just went, you know what? The Democrats and the Republicans left me behind a long time ago. I'm not going to be a part of, of either of this. I'm not just going to be a part. I'll vote the general election for, you know, uh, the lesser of the two evils or just so I can vote on local issues or state issues. Other than that, you know, it's a lost cause. I would really like to see that question answered. You know what? I, my dream would be, Bill, that, you know, because <clears throat> the Dems and, and Kate Brown especially push this motor voter thing. I would love to see this backfire and all those motor voter, non-affiliated voters all of a sudden going, you locked me down for two years. You mandated that I couldn't have a job anymore. You mandated that my children get shots to go to school. You mandated all this stuff. Guess what? I am now politically active. I don't care about your party. And they go vote in somebody who really matters. It would be, it would be like the biggest backfire 
in, on, in history. And all of a sudden, it would be so cool to see not just Democrat. I don't want I don't I do not want a supermajority Republican either. I don't want a supermajority ever again. This is the most destructive thing we could have ever have done. What we need is balance. We need those people arguing and just enough people in there. One side, maybe a little more, one side, a little more over here. You need that balance so that you can get things done. And what Oregon has done because of redistricting, cheating and our, our mentality in this state is we've given, we've thrown away any kind of fairness that's going to happen because we have, and, and ba basically it's really unpopular to be anything in Oregon, but a Democrat. And so we've made it so that anybody else is, um, Oh, I mean, do you go around telling people um, I'm a Republican? I'm, I am a non-affiliated voter because I hate all parties <laughs> equally. And that's, that's I, what I refer to as a political atheist. You yeah, don't believe in either party. I'm a political atheist. I love that. And, and yeah, I think you can feel free to use that. Steal it. I think the other thing people should get over, and, and I don't mean this in a mean way, but I just mean we have to get over coming up with reasons. Um, mail in ma mail in elections are here. So we can still make this a fair state, but we have to quit talking about, well, because, and I've seen some comments come up. Well, if we stop mail in, no, we have to go vote more smartly. And I understand that the whole dis disarray, but we have to stop talking about why it doesn't work and start finding ways that it can change. Because we, that's, we're so famous, the Republican Party is so famous for that. It's like, when I went and ran, they'd say, you know, the cats are voting. I said, okay. I get the voting and cheating, and, and I understand that, but we need to focus on issues that are really relevant to people so that we can get more people to vote and say, hey, you know what really matters to me? It matters that we have, um, you know, I, I never, I, I always thought when I ran, it was like the um, illegal voting was like a really, uh, a, a not as big a deal now, but it was a big deal then. It was like, you know, but back then we had Hollywood videos. And I used to say, hold on, it's my train. I used to say, I go to Hollywood video. You even got the horn time. I got it. I got to show, I have to show ID to get a movie, to rent a movie. And I don't have to show ID to vote. That doesn't, I'm sorry, but just as a, as a human being, that doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't make sense that my election system is not as controlled as me renting a movie from Hollywood video. And people understood that. But then it turned into this whole thing where, you know, now then, and, and they've made it into Oh, it's an equity issue. Yeah, it's an equity issue. Oh boy. Oh, you're going to piss off some people. Oh, it's equity, Rick. You <laughs> you want people to show ID? What are you? What are you? I, you know. I mean, you know. I am. am I, okay. So if we're going to stir the pot on this, I'll just I'll just be the a hole. If. I were a person of color and they were saying about me that, oh, but you can't show an ID. It's too hard for you to show an ID. It's too hard for you to vote. It's like, what? how hard is it to walk into a building with a little cardboard card and go, uh, here, he here. This yeah. is my voter registration card. I used to vote that way. It wasn't hard. And the cool part about voting that way, you got cookies from the League of Women Voters. You got a cookie for voting. You know, you got a little reward. It's like, 
what is so hard about what is it so difficult about that you have to show a card for everything like being vaccinated how come nobody is calling showing a card showing that you've been vaccinated an equity issue right right how the hell come if that's a great question because look at so we don't want to have to show you're you're okay with forcing me to show my medical information but yes. you don't want me to show a driver's license in order to vote in Oregon or just an ID card. How many people really don't have driver's licenses? I mean, really. And then if they don't, you have an ID card. That doesn't make any sense to me. So it's okay that you get to know what vaccines I've had and what I've done to my body. But and and I, like what happened to my body, my choice. Oh, yeah, that that we don't talk about that anymore either. But, but that's crazy. The original- the original voters card, though, Rick, when you registered to vote, you got a little card in the mail. It didn't even, I mean, all it had on it was essentially your name and it showed that you were it didn't have all the personal information, not nearly that a driver's license has at all. It was just a card with your name on it. And it showed your frickin precinct and your right. signature. You walked in, you handed it to the nice little old lady, you got your ballot, you went in the box, you punched it, you got back, you returned it, you got your cookie, and you went home, and you got to talk to your neighbors on the way out. This whole idea of, oh, it's not equitable to have to do that. Hey, if we keep hearing that COVID has disproportionately affected minority communities, then how come... We're not hearing that it's unfair and disproportionate that anybody other than whites should have to show a card that says you're vaccinated. Right. Why is that not an equity issue then? Right. Hey, Bill, you know, we should start doing this once a month. Just have you and me just rant. We'll just call it the get real, real, real rant. (laughs) Yeah. Bill and Rick get angry. (laughs) <laughs> hey, Bill, I got to shut you down because if I can't, I, if it goes over an hour, then I can't put it on Instagram. Um, okay, so we'll be back with Bill tonight, uh, but not live, but he'll be here in persona and on our show. And he'll try to update that to find out what the county, if they, it was an executive session, so they don't have to talk about it, but he'll keep checking to find out what we find out. Yeah. Well, yeah, Dennis Lang, really, there's a, what he says we should call it angry turds. Angry turds. Yeah. I, I'm fine okay. with that. What, true, true, <laughs> yeah, true, true fact, when we were coming up with names for the wake up call, we had like a list of about 100 names. One of them was Turd Ferguson. Oh, that's great. Did you see with this? Batman Bill yeah, and Batman Robin Bill and Robin Rick rants and raves. I like it. It's alliteration, Don. <laughs> I like alliteratives. That's really good. Okay, Batman. This is Robin. I got to go. So uh, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you tonight. We'll see you. Um, oh God, this has been too much fun. You know, I feel Holy like Facebook, Batman. Yeah. And you know, the nice thing, Bill, is after this conversation, I could never run for public office again. All the times I've said fuck on the air, it, they would bring this up. All this kind of stuff is what they bring up, which is why I do it to remind me when I get that little temptation and I hear Defazio's leaving and I go, God, I'd love to. No, God, I said fuck on the radio. I can't do this. So, you know, it's a security blanket for me. Yeah. Well, I, hey, I, 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 I never guy. will because <laughs> I've got a brain cell. I <laughs> I would never run for office. And I look at that and go, no, what a thankful, God-awful job, thankless, God-awful job. No. 
Here, I'll leave this for you. My dog's name is Turd Ferguson. That's Heidi. Hi, Don Heidi. All right. All right, Billy. We'll talk to you tonight on the, on the show. Sounds good. Thanks, Rick. Hey, Love being on. Man. You guys, we got to thank, we got to be happy we have somebody like Bill in our community and in our state because the only person for the last decade, I would have said this over and over again, who asks hard questions of everyone. Even when I would go in there running for Secretary of State, he didn't let me off the hook and we're friends. Um, that's what we need more people. We need more reporters. Don't watch if they're not giving you meat. Um, there's a line out of the Bible about something like, um, you know, you can only drink milk. Um, sucking off a teat for so long. And that's a T-E-A-T, teat. So I didn't say a nasty word, people. Um, but you can only suck off a teat for so long. At some point in your life, you have to start chewing on things for yourself. And in Oregon, it's time to start eating tofu that you're chewing if you're, not a, if you're a vegetarian. But you have to chew on what's going on. That means you can no longer depend on people feeding you your information because that's where we got here. We are here because we've been sucking off a teeth for too long and it's time to start using our teeth. And if you need a set of dentures, you can contact my dentist, Dr. Michael Bratland. <laughs> One of our sponsors, actually, he doesn't do dental work that way. But if you have space in your teeth and you're not getting the meat to chew right, Dr. Bratlin can help you. And then when you're done chewing, Buck Sanitary has a little hole that you can put your squatter down on and get rid of the meat and deposit it. So we've got a full service center here. And Bill London is rolling on his chair, laughing in his office in the green room. All right, you guys, we will see you tonight. You got way more than you paid for today. We'll see you at five o'clock with more. <laughs> Only on the internet. You wanted to get real, right? Well, now you got real with Rick and Bill, Batman and Robin, rant and rave. I'll see you tonight. Share this on your page.